The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Beyond. 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 Beyond, and welcome to Podcast Beyond, episode 402. My name is Marty Sleva. Max Scoville is out sick. He has jaundice. Yeah, rip. He yeah. has, he has gout. He's, he's all he's yellow. All he got uh, scurvy. He's got, he's got the old San Diego he scurvy. He got uh, But this week... He, he uh, got Comic Cons. <laughs> he got, Jesus! Oh, Christ. Wow. Well, it's going to be that kind of episode. Uh, joining me this for week... For the record, though, he doesn't have any No, he's no, still no, sick. He's he just has a cold. He's thinking he has a tingling in his throat. It's uh, we'll power through it without him. Will powers through it. Uh, joining me this week... Uh. Brian Altano. Andrew Goldfarb. Hey, am I going to call from Ikea? Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm expecting some furniture to get delivered. If they call, I might have to take a call. But we're going to take the call on air. Okay. What, is, what is this thing doing here? That's an extra it's one. An extra. It's an extra decoration. It's an okay. uh, and making uh, his return, his triumphant return since 399.5, which is a big drunk mess, Zach yep. Ryan. That's right. And I'll just let you guys know, I might get a call from West Elm. <laughs> 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 if that happens, I'm going to have to take yeah. that. So. Old Blue Elm. Apron call. Uh, right. we, got a lot of, we got a lot of things to talk about this week. Uh, we're going to touch on some Kingdom Hearts 3. We're going to talk about Batman again, uh, Until Dawn Impressions. And uh, we're going to do oh, Essential 50 again. I haven't played that game, so I feel like my impressions are going to be What? Until Dawn? Yeah. yeah. I'm the only one here who has played it yeah. because it is a preview build. Are you doing a Hayden Pantier impression? <laughs> Does she have that distinctive a voice to do an impression? She's actually yeah, really she... good in the game. So um, is uh, uh, Peter Stromare from uh, from Big Lebowski. Ooh. Oh, cool! Um, wow. I didn't know he was in that. I mean, yeah, he plays a he plays a spooky doctor. Uh, but yeah, we're gonna get to that in a second. Uh, but first, our newest favorite segment on Podcast Beyond: Quiggies with Andrew. Hey, it's me. It's <sighs> Andrew's favorite show dominating segment. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're, we'll keep them short. The first three are like a group. Uh, which is all the Metal Gear stuff, which I know you two will be into. Mm-hmm. Um, so three quick things. Uh, they The final box art for uh, Phantom Pain came mm-hmm. out. Uh, they officially now removed uh, Hideo Kojima production and the logo. Did they do that before? They did, and they did it on the back, and then they brought it, but they, and then they cut it again. And it was the pr- it was like the website art, but yeah. now this is like the actual box, box art. art. Okay. Um, I'm sure up, his the name still real. in the credits, I would assume. Yeah, I mean, because yeah. as of uh, the build yeah. I played uh, before E3, his name appears a lot. That's because before every mission... Before every official actual mission in the game, there are an opening and closing credits afterwards. Oh, and wow. his exactly. name appears like five times in the opening and closing credits of each. Uh, that's, for now. See, that's really for now. For now. <laughs> yeah. Well, because here's the other thing, right? So two other quick stories um, related to this. Uh, the voice actor who plays Snake in Japan uh, said that this studio is officially dissolved. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said um, they were forced to disband. It appears that the work that the team has been putting the utmost effort into is nearly complete. Um, obviously we'd heard that, but it's just interesting having someone like just say it and especially yeah. someone who like kind of would be involved yeah. in that process. Yeah. Um, one, and- one funny thing just to talk about with the, uh, box art, I saw a comparison of what 
the box arts for Metal Gears have looked like since 4. And it's just a close-up of a digital face of a dude. And then they went back to what they looked like for one, two, and three, and they were awesome and like hand drawn, yeah. like yeah, yeah. these like that, the, gorgeous impressionistic things. The first one was just a white, a white box with a shiny red. With a shiny Metal red, yeah, yeah. I remember seeing that as a kid because I think that game came out when I was in like seventh grade, mm-hmm. and it didn't look like anything else mm-hmm. on the shelves. Yep. Yeah. Like everything else had these images and like flash, like it was like trying to. Yep. It didn't feel like it was trying to sell you something, and that's what immediately caught my eye about yeah. it. before I even Metal, heard of Metal it, Gear like, for NES. Did look like everything else on the shelf, but everything else on the shelf looked awesome back then. Yeah, true. Yeah. Like, I mean, it looked kind of like Contra and looked actually all the Konami it was like a hand drawn dude that was probably still, yep. it was like ripped straight snake well, and that's like there's Yeah, that, yeah totally. There's yeah. that comparison going around how like every game from like 2013 to 2014 was like a dude standing with like his back turned to the camera, and now it's a dude in profile, like mm-hmm. the Halo 5 color cover. So, so it's like this is a weird story because there are so many companies that, uh, attach themselves to big names to sell their game better. Totally, yeah, sure. Uh, so this is kind of the opposite. Like, there was a, a weird run in the 2000s where they were always just like, Quentin Tarantino presents, and it would just be like a movie that he liked. Oh, yeah, yeah like, yeah, like some, Hero, like, and there yeah. were a few. Man with the Iron Fist or whatever yeah, it was yeah, called. Yeah. Or, I mean, yeah. It's stuff that he maybe produced or that it came through his, like, the, like his connection with the Weinstein Corporation mm-hmm, right. or com- company, whatever. Well, and that was a tricky thing people pulled into marketing for a long time, which was like so and so presents or from the producer right. of, yeah. which is like to a large section of a mainstream audience. Like they're like, oh, they, that guy produced this other movie, but that means he might have had almost nothing to even, do with. Even what was either. it? Uh, I forget, there was a show I was watching a couple years ago where they're like, from the writer of Transformers, and you're just like, what? That's like, like the last thing anyone yeah, cares about yeah. in Transformers. So it's very yeah. odd because like this is a great example of why they could rely on that name, but their spite and scorn, I guess, is getting in the way. And that's what I understand. It doesn't seem what like a legal the, thing, right? Yeah. I mean, and that was my question, right? Like, maybe it is a legal thing because if it's not, what does this – this doesn't help them. No. Like, no, it's like definitely one not. line of text on the box that, like, anyone who knows who Kojima is – knows what's going on right now well, and anyone who just knows Metal Gear yeah. doesn't care whether it's there or not mm-hmm. so it's just weird and to Brian's point like it, it, to me it just screams sour grapes Yeah. like yeah. when I read this headline this morning it was like I'm a, I give up I don't care anymore I just want to play this game and completely wash my hands of this whole debacle well, right. yeah. it's like yeah. well, it's ugly like, yeah. so ultimately. no I mean we don't know whether it's coming from Kojima himself Saying it, Could saying be. like, "Hey, listen, yeah. I don't want, I don't want my name on this. Like, I'm still, you know, well, still my baby, but I don't like want my game on the cover." Every opening. What I said. Oh he yeah, yeah, does, but he means like just directly on the cover, yeah. or yeah. it's Konami not being able to get over their breakup with an ex. Yeah. But this yeah. is yeah. like, like, handle your shit to yourselves. Yep. Totally. Yeah, like, totally. why, 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 why are we getting affected by this? Like, what? Yeah. Like, we're we're gamers. We just want to play video games. Like, handle all your. Don't air your dirty laundry everywhere. Yep. You know, it's like it's really weird. Um, okay, a few more. We kept trying to keep it short this week. Uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 will be Wait, can we talk about PT? Oh, yeah, yeah. Can sorry. We talk about that real quick? One last quick one is that um, also there was a quick flare-up this morning where like someone was like, oh, man, like they're going through and removing PT from your PS4 even if you've already downloaded it. And Konami was like, nope, we're not doing that. And then like huh. we checked here, and yeah, we still have it. And Konami was also like, we literally couldn't do that if, if, we, we, wanted if we wanted to. to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This was one of those weird things where, like, so, like we were just saying with all the Kojima being removed from the box art and how it's like them airing their dirty laundry, that also has this weird opposite effect where the second any rumor starts, people jump on it, and Konami's like, no, Jesus, like, the PT's done. Like, play it if you have it. You can't get it anymore. Like, let's move on. It's well, see, like it weird... seems like there's always... Uh... Like gamers always want to latch onto like a sacrificial lamb or like sort of a whipping boy in the, in the industry, and then you pick a third party and you beat it to death. And we yeah. did it with sure. EA for a few years. Yeah. We're yeah. still kind of doing it with Ubisoft in terms of like the fact that Post-Unity. we yeah are, yeah, are yeah. downgrading games and stuff like that. Um, 
And now it's totally Konami because it's I, I just don't really trust anything they say. And this story was bittersweet because it's like, guys, no, we're not taking PT off your consoles. And it's like, oh, cool, can you put it back in the store? No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, did, then go to hell. They did, however, go through and remove all those spooky parts from that game. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Just, now you're just wandering around. It's in just a real, <laughs> real boring circle yeah. hallways. Yeah, now all the ghosts are just texts that pop up and say, Hideo Kojima. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, uh, D23, which is like a Disney expo that's traditionally fairly small, but this year could potentially be huge because there's so much now that yeah, well, from like, Star Wars, Star and Marvel. Wars, there's Marvel, there's like all these video games. All the so. Marvel and Star Wars stuff doesn't really like Comic Con has somehow become like a DC show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, uh, this is the first yeah, year Marvel true. skip. They had so, everything, yeah. so all of the Marvel uh, movie and video game stuff and everything is going to be D23. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. crazy. I hadn't even considered that. Yeah. yeah. So that is now um, another. Well, we're assuming, right? I've had, I don't know if they've said. Yeah, that, I mean, but... we know there's gonna be Star Wars stuff. I don't know if yeah. we know like. Disney Marvel stuff, but I assume. I assume. I assume. Why yeah. else pull yeah. out? Yeah. So the quick version of this story is that uh, they confirmed that Battlefront, uh, Disney Infinity, and Kingdom Hearts 3 will mm-hmm. be there. And the way they worded it, like, the only thing there that isn't Star Wars that they're talking about is Kingdom Hearts. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, they, they talked about how there will be a never-before-seen never gameplay, new reveals, and surprises. Like, mm-hmm. Could this be when we finally get the Star Wars world confirmed? Yeah. I mean, that's been one of those. Maybe that's a stretch, but yeah, no, I don't think it's too much of a stretch. Uh, I mean, we've I, I I updated a feature that we put up last week of just sort of nine places I would want to see the next Kingdom Hearts go to, especially now that we know Tangled's going to be in it. Um, and Star Wars is the thing that makes the most sense. Like, I understand it's probably more difficult to get a thing like Star Wars in than. Tangled or then Frozen just because right. there are a lot of players involved. Yep. Same thing with a Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean this is the thing, it makes so much sense. Like and as soon as as soon as the the Disney uh, Lucasfilm acquisition was announced a couple of years back, like that was one of those like, oh, this would make perfect sense in Kingdom Hearts. Well it was the same thing with Disney Infinity, right? Like mm-hmm. the second like the second the Disney uh, Lucasfilm thing happened. The second you look at Disney Infinity, it's like, oh, they'll do Star Wars and Marvel eventually. And now they have. Oh, yeah. Now, like, they've had all the Avengers, and then 3.0 is Star right, Wars. Right, yeah, 3.0 yeah, is so Star Wars. Like, Infinity looks to me like Star Wars games. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. I always, I always yeah. thought that we would have to wait until, like, a film was out for us to sort of really, like, for Disney and, and, uh, and Lucas to kind of really kick these doors open. Yeah. But they're everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's yeah. also, like, their theme parks now. Like the uh, the new revamped Star Tours, the Star Wars ride. Mm-hmm. Like the gift shop there is full of stuff like the Mickey Mouse helmet that's also R two D two ears. The, yeah. Uh, there's uh, Christmas ornaments for like a Donald Duck Boba Fett, and like yeah. Yeah, there's that an was entire like crossover week. line where like we're seeing those characters directly specifically interact with each other in mm-hmm. merchandising. Yeah. Like yeah. it's just a matter of time for the video game. I mm-hmm. feel like it, it felt like it was like a week after that got announced, there was already like Mickey and a Darth Vader out I know, there, right? like yeah. immediately. Um, and obviously, I guess they could have prepped that stuff ahead of time. But this is just interesting to me because. Kingdom Hearts has always been that really cool, like, oh, it's like all these worlds coming together. But now that, like, Disney owns so much mm-hmm. as compared to they did when Kingdom Hearts 2 came out, it's like, God, like, the possibilities. Yeah. Of, like, thinking of what a Star Wars world could be like is so interesting. Yeah. And would it be original trilogy or would it be Force Awakens stuff? Mm-hmm. Certainly or Clone Wars, Clone which Clone seems Wars. to be the yeah. thing most geared That's towards true. kids. Yeah. 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 yeah but I don't mean, know, man. Like, I, I almost would prefer that they keep Star Wars and Marvel out of Kingdom Hearts because... And let it just be the Disney. Thing, yeah, the things that I love the most about the Kingdom Hearts games was the way that the animated stuff was integrated so well into Square's universe mm-hmm. and vice versa. Like how those two aesthetics played off of each other. Yeah. yeah. I thought it was a little weird in the second one when there was Tron Land. And, and, and Pirates and, of the Caribbean Pirates, Land. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. We're going to get Lone Ranger Land and John oh, Carter of God. Mars Land. And like, th- like to be completely, <laughs> wow. But to be like completely honest, like I don't feel like they need to shoehorn Star Wars into everything and I would love it if they, they kept it out of Kingdom Hearts 3. But that being said, 
uh, almost 100% guaranteed. That yeah. Yeah, and like yeah, we've been like, talking about how it's like seems like a no-brainer. I would be amazed if there's not like a frozen world, and I would be amazed if there's not like it's not even just a marketing tie-in. It just like makes logical sense because like to kids now, right? Like Frozen is as big of a deal totally. as kids 30 years ago might have thought Mickey Mouse was. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's like it just makes it part of that kind of cultural significance that I think makes a level like that more exciting yeah. for a kid. Yeah. Remember Out on the Range? Yeah. There's a movie about cows. Maybe they're going to be there. Could be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You never know when mm-hmm. cows are going to show. That's a, that's the thing with cows. They can come in at any moment. It's very <laughs> sneaky. Um, Absolutely cows. not one of the <laughs> Cows are very slow. They usually have bells around Stealth their Stealth is 100% <laughs> not a trait people use to describe cows. <laughs> yeah, they do have bells around them. You can hear them everywhere. <laughs> so like they're, they're born talking. with bells. No, no cows. They also only go to places that are covered in grass they can eat because they constantly love to chew. <laughs> Big fans of chewing. Yeah, you're way yeah. off. It's like a you cow in a china shop. <laughs> uh, quick one. Uh, cow in the hand is worth a cow in the bush. <laughs> you love that. You love that phrase. Uh, Jade Raymond, uh, who was kind of the face of Assassin's Creed, she mm-hmm. was a producer yeah. on the original. Um, just real quick, she started a new studio called uh, Motive, and they're part of EA. And the first thing they're working on is Amy Hennig's Star Wars game in cooperation mm-hmm. with Visceral, which is super exciting. Super cool. Yep. Uh, I think that's so awesome. Cool. I think there's potential here for something really cool. When she was at Toronto, Ubisoft Toronto, um, she oversaw Blacklist. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know, that game is like kind of underrated, I think. I yeah, Splinter Cell Blacklist. That game's great. Yeah. 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 It but just I came wanna... right at the tail end of the last gen. And that was so, the thing. Yeah. And people were waiting to see if it would straddle that line and yeah. be like, kind of like Double Agent was on uh, old Xbox yep. and, and Xbox 360. 360 yeah. um, so I don't know, like, I, I think like it'll be interesting to see Obviously, like I'm excited for Amy Hennig's Star Wars game. Yeah. Regardless of this, you know the rumors are it's it's Han Solo, right? That's what. Yeah. yeah and yeah. now that there's a Han Solo spin-off film officially announced, that mm-hmm. adds a lot of fuel to that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's it's awesome that you know one of the people like integral with Uncharted, and then one of the people integral with Assassin's Creed are working on a Star Wars third. God, what we assume so is a third-person exciting. action exactly. adventure well, game. Well, like, Nolan North said that thing recently that it's like sort of like a <clears throat> spiritual successor to 1313, mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. in the style of Uncharted. Uncharted, and yeah. it's like. God, like, just picturing what that game could be mm-hmm. under Amy's direction. Because, like, it's interesting that if you look at what Uncharted 4, what we've seen so far, and if you think of Uncharted 2, I do, and if you look at The Last of Us, obviously, I do think that kind of Neil and Bruce mentality seems to be a little darker. Mm-hmm. Whereas oh, yeah. Amy is much more of that, like, fun sense of adventure. Yeah, it feels like Indiana Jones. Han Solo. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's yeah. what I want from yeah. a Han Solo I wonder game. if Nolan North's doing the voice of Han Solo. That would be incredible. That'd be cool. Yeah. I mean, like, there was a picture uh, that Amy Hennig tweeted out at Lucasfilm, like, with the Yoda fountain in the background with Nolan North. And so I think a lot of people are speculating on that. Yeah. And it's also, like, well, the picture was started, it was with Nolan North and Nolan North's his son. son. That's right. Which I found really interesting. Maybe, like, a father-son dynamic or something. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's also really interesting that, like, they're teasing this as kind of a thief's end, the end of Nathan Drake. We mm-hmm. keep talking about, like, maybe, I don't think he'll die, but it's, like, maybe he will, like, move on. Or retire. From, yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's, like, if that's the case, then I guess... Even if there was a new Uncharted game somehow, maybe it wouldn't involve Drake. So it's like maybe Nolan North is free to do something. I, I am so ridiculously goddamn giddy for the idea of a game that combines Star Wars, Uncharted, and exactly right, yeah. right. That is like if you take like the, the best part, yeah, yeah. You take yeah. the best parts of those games. Like I know when you say Assassin's Creed, a lot of people are like, uh, but I mean, there is stuff in every Assassin's Creed game that's incredible. Yeah, like, just yeah. incredible. And I mean, back, AC one and especially AC two yeah. laid the groundwork for all of these open world. Here are ten thousand yeah. things to do, run around yeah. buildings, games. Like and as much as GTA, say, like, honestly. It's also like that weird. Like yes, I, I think there's been a lot of kind of like AC three wasn't super well received. Obviously, Unity wasn't. Like there's been kind of highs and lows recently, but. All of that said, yeah, like the very first time you play an AC game and just like do the parkour and get used to the running, like it does feel good. Like yeah. I don't think the controls are perfect, but I don't know, man. Like I think this could be 
I'm really excited to see what this ends up being. He's um, been climbing all over Coruscant and shit. Yeah, bounty hunters. just going out to fix stuff on the outside of the Millennium Falcon and yep. recruiting There's going to be doves. And you're going to be he's, he's been going through hyperspace and climbing on the outside. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jesus. So Play excited that. for this. Yeah. Lots of smuggling. Um, <laughs> lots of smuggling, lots of snuggling. Chewbacca sidekick. You can play with your friends. <laughs> There's a girl. She does a kiss. <laughs> One whole kiss. <laughs> just one. <laughs> uh, last thing is I know something you want to talk about a lot about, Brian. Uh, they announced this morning uh, kind of the next part of the Arkham Knight DLC or season yeah, pass. Yeah. This one, uh, it's two packs they announced, uh, I think, coming in August. And these are now by Rocksteady as opposed to the Batgirl DLC with yeah. by WB Montreal. But the first thing they, they showed off was a Michael Keaton skin from Tim Burton's 1989 Batman as well as a new Batmobile skin. Which is based on his classic bat, the bat, Batmobile yeah. Which at, at first sounds incredible. Movies. I think this might be my favorite skin it's definitely the, shown It's off. definitely the best skin. Um, I think that uh, it's it's kind of cool that they're delivering on that nebulous promise of just like, buy our season pass. Why? Because it's going to have gonna cool have stuff, in stuff in it. In it. Yeah. Yeah. Like what? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nah, just trust us. There'll be cool stuff. There's a big button. It says $40. Just buy. What are you Don't doing? Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, so that's really awesome. Uh, I got really excited when I saw the Batmobile skin because yeah. I'm like, mm-hmm. that's incredible. Yeah. But then I remember that the way that the you basically are in tank mode most of the time you're using it um, in the actual game. And I use the uh, Burt Ward or the Adam West skin. Mm-hmm. Um, and it basically just puts stickers on his Bat tank, yeah. which are cool. Like it, make, it makes it look awesome. But it's still like you're driving a dumb tank around. Uh, So this, I was like looking at it, and I'm like, oh, well, the original, the 89 Batmobile, actually, in Batman Returns, does this awesome thing in this high-speed chase where it opens up and the sides fly off. And I'm like, well, that gives it potential to sort of like bat tank out and and open. I'm like, that's really cool. That means they animated that. Mm -hmm. No, none of those things. So it's only certain parts of the game it works So certain things, there are like Riddler races, and there's just like kind of like high-speed pursuit type things where you can use this skin specifically and skins like this. But for the rest of the game, a.k.a. the 60% of the game where you're driving around and you have to tank things down, yeah. uh, as you know, uh, Zach, as, as as someone who finished it as well, it's yeah. a lot. The last third of that game is is a Batmobile game. It it's, mostly yeah, is, yeah. yeah. Um, so it's a super disappointing, really big missed opportunity because this is like the closest we've ever gotten to – Having an '89 Batman game, especially yeah, because well, there's yeah. new there's new areas in it too that are covered in. Snow. What about the '89 Batman game on the NES? That was a good one. Yeah, yeah he the was first, purple. Yeah, <laughs> and the first level you fight like a a man with a flamethrower who flies around. You remember yeah. that from the movie? No, mm-hmm. that was my favorite scene. Bob, mm-hmm. when Bob the Goon got his flamethrower <laughs> flying suit. <laughs> What's crazy about this this Batmobile skin too is that all the other Batmobiles Batmobile skins work everywhere. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, I don't understand why this one does. Why it's not universal? Like, why doesn't it work across all? Well, like, I understand like that it's maybe a question of the the design and, and the way yeah. that it transforms into a tank. But like that stupid Joker tank with the dumb mouth on the front that works everywhere. Like, but that's I don't know just why... like this. This is ex- and that's exactly it, right? Like yeah. this to me. This is this goes back to the the design days of mm-hmm. what this Bat Tank Batmobile was supposed to be. Because uh, not only did they shoehorn it into so much of the game where they're just like, right. oh, you gotta, you got to do this, you got to do that, you got to pull off this wall using this bat tank. But they knew going in that they were gonna, they were gonna launch hundred skins for this game because sure. they have for every Arkham game, yep. right? So why not, why not have designed that bat tank to be sort of modular to begin with, where yeah. you could swap well, out an eighty-nine bat? And it's really interesting because uh, so there was when Arkham City came out, they had all the skins for Arkham City, and then mm-hmm. there was this mobile game that's like basically like a little fighting game called uh, I think it was called Arkham City Lockdown yeah. on iOS, which is like not a great game, whatever. But what's interesting about it is that the skins which you could buy in that game or unlock through like promotions and stuff, 
affected Batman's attributes. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. So it's like if you were Dark Knight Returns Batman, he was a lot like bigger yeah, and stronger. stronger. Like his strength was like 105, but like his speed, speed was, was way slower. And it's yeah. like it affected you. And so like I was hoping that for Arkham Knight they would finally learn like how cool is it if like when you're choosing this skin it's more than just cosmetic and yeah. it actually yeah. affects the game. Yeah. And then by adding car skins, it's like even cooler. It's like oh like wouldn't it be cool if like yeah maybe if you use this 89 Burton skin you can't transform into a tank and you're really vulnerable, but you do more damage. Your guns are heavier, like whatever it is. Like I think there was potential to have a really interesting dynamic there to make these skins kind of more worthwhile. Yeah. But instead they're just like essentially like, it's like having a cool Xbox Live avatar yeah. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, to you can fair, spend money on it. But yeah. To be fair, the Adam West skin changes the way that you play because that is hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> it does. I was about to say the same thing. Yeah. It, will, it will physically put a gigantic goofy smile yeah. on your face. Yeah. Yeah. Or the terrifying time. anime Batman skin. Um, so yeah. speaking of Batman, Dakota says, Beyond! Hey guys, regarding the discussion about the open world of the newest Batman title being its downfall, the solution seems incredibly simple. We often describe these games as Metroidvanias, but I think when the next title really needs to solve is its problem is a healthy injection of Zelda-isms. The Zelda games are huge open worlds, but you have to go from temple to temple in order to... to predefined order, which content gated by gadgets. Uh, I'm surprised that when Batman went from the confined environment to the original of the original to the open world of the subsequent titles, they didn't adhere to this temple hopping trope. It seems like a very clean way to maintain the open world. Go back to these classic touch points that made Arkham Asylum so damn tight. Throw in a boss fight at the end of each temple, and there you have it. Eighty percent of the issues of the newest title are solved. <coughs> I love that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it's a great yeah. idea. Yeah. Well, I think that's what made Arkham Asylum yeah, was, work. That's what yeah. I was well, like. Say. Imagine it's so. Like, yeah. Arkham Asylum. Definitely, the first game definitely took some notes from Zelda yeah. in the way that, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. that even more so than I think it did from from Metroid, because there are fights where or places that you can't access until you get that gadget, and then you have to use that gadget to defeat you know Killer Croc or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like I, I think that 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 game was actually the closest to Zelda than any of them have been. Yeah, God, I mean, that would be so awesome. Yeah, man. that would be the, so awesome. But the problem is that you know in the fiction of of Asylum City in the night. Like it would be weird. It would be like that dumb moment at the beginning of any Metroid game or or Symphony of the Night everything. where someone takes away all your things. Yeah, and that's annoying too. Like I hate like Symphony of the Night where you start off and then death appears and takes away all your abilities. What yeah. is a man? So what the way <laughs> the way you do it is you give uh, eight of the most iconic Batman villains their own layers, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you have this, you, you know. Penguin sewer area. Well, they already do that anyway. Or they, they did that they in City. They did it in City. Yeah. yeah, but so this would be sort of like you know. Uh, Poison Ivy has this entire tower that's covered in trees and mm-hmm. plants. And you get in there, and halfway through, you can't really get get anywhere. But there's, like, one of her henchmen has, like, a weapon that's s- stowed away somewhere in a locker. You open it up, and all of a sudden, you can traverse this level. Yeah. And it's ultimately used as the, the, to kill the boss or mm-hmm. defeat the boss. And you do that times eight. And then you put some stuff in the open world that's, like, which obviously would be a lot smaller and, and you know, more refined. And you put stuff in the open world that can only be accessed by those levels. Mm-hmm. And you do it like Link Between Worlds did, and you let people play them out of order. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In any order they wanted. So if I if I started and I wanted to fight Penguin first, I could go down in the sewer and do that. But if I wanted to fight Poison Ivy or go to yeah. Mr. Freeze's that'd be, Ice Castle, and what I, that'd what, be really tough. One of the things I liked about Link Between Worlds was that you can do it in any order, but it's almost like a Mega Man game where they are, there's ones that are significantly more difficult. Yep, sure. yeah. And it's like, yeah, you can beat it first, but it's going to be real hard. And plus, like, it's real hard without one specific yeah. item. Yeah. yeah. I think it's also Mega Man is another interesting one to take a cue from because I do like the idea of it's like it feels very video gamey, but it's like, yeah, like you get to the final area, wherever the final boss is, is like you need all eight of those other items. Yeah. Yeah. You need to have proceeded through everything else in order to get to like mm-hmm. that this, center this, of town. Or this whatever. also lets you get even more Zelda because you do have a forest level, right? Mm-hmm. Which is sort of poison ivy. You do have a water level, which is uh, 
um, Penguin. Then you have an ice level, which is Mr. Freeze. You yeah. even have a fire stage, which is who's that Inferno guy? Is that his name? Firefly. 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 That you yeah. have to chase around uh, yeah. Arkham with your car, which is like just an annoying way to fight. Yeah, and that's like the weird thing, right? Like I, I this understand is a, that they we, wanted, this is like we, we just made help here. We're making the best. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's what's so crazy. This would. So I think what's even cooler about this is like people. There's that rumor about a Justice League game. Think yeah. about how this could work if like you're switching between different superheroes, like and where each of them has a different ability that can unlock an area right. like this. So yeah. it's like maybe you can't go face Mr. Freeze until you have heat vision because you're Superman or like whatever it is. Like I think there's like a room, yeah. there's room to do this outside of the Batman formula too. Mm-hmm. I think the thing that keeps it from being that sort of open world game though is, is the narrative. I think mm-hmm. it'd be really hard to weave a cohesive narrative in the Batman universe if you could go and attack. <gasps> is that Ikea? Is that calling. Ikea? Answer it, speaker. Uh, hello. Hey, how are you? I'm sorry. All right, I'm taking over. I'm sorry. Say that more. This is dumb. Well, that was a failed experiment with Andrew's IKEA delivery. Andrew will be back. Andrew's gonna be back shortly. This is one. Andrew's gonna. I hope he bought a translator. That I don't know what the hell that language was. No, like it was Swedish. It was Swedish or Dutch or Danish or whatever. Were they speaking a shadow of the Colossus calling? It was a whole shadow. I think they were speaking only in IKEA product names. Yeah. Oh, your flurgs here. Cologne flurg. You flurged. You flurgs already, but your blurgs not. All right. So I mean, I I hate that that Goldfarb and IKEA cut that segment short. That's a weird sentence. Yeah. Well. Anyway, what I was saying is that I think it'd be hard to tell a story, like a cohesive story, yeah. when you're given the opportunity to handle it in any order. Mm-hmm. But as Arkham Knight has proved, it's hard to tell a cohesive Batman story. Yeah, yeah. I think, like, I mean, a way you could do it was, if you think about, like, the first half of every Zelda game, there are, like, those three stones you need sure. to find, yeah. right? I mean, you could do that with, like, kidnapped cops. There's definitely, like, story beats. <laughs> really? Uh, who yeah. who needs emeralds and rupees and, and jewels when you have kidnapped, kidnapped cops? cops? <laughs> yeah, like, three three of the biggest Batman villains that uh, Kidnap these cops, and they put one in each one of these places, and you know there it is. And when the three cops combine, combine you, yeah. could, you could pull a big old sword out of a rock. Each of those cops holds a magic gem. <laughs> <laughs> Just have it get weird. That's perfectly fine. Well, they all have a key or something like that. Yeah, no, that, that, w- that opens up a, whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, so IKEA's actually there at my apartment, <laughs> so I'm gonna go. Beyond, uh, beyond. beyond. Right. Goodbye, Andrew. See you soon. Thanks for coming, Andrew. Love you guys. Hey, are we done with your uh, yep. dumb we're segment? Done with, we're done yeah, with the dumb segment. Right. That was a quickie with Andrew. That's right. Uh, so a yeah. baker's dozen. A ba- <laughs> That's weird. Um, all right, moving on. Uh, we're gonna talk about Until Dawn. Yeah. Uh, which uh, is see in my notes here. It says. Marty, how is it? Because I'm, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So the Until Dawn uh, preview embargo went up. Uh, I'm the only one here who played it. Uh, I was going to write it up, but then Lucy wrote it up in the in, in Australia, which is awesome because she's as big of a horror fan as I am. Yeah. Uh, but we got to play uh, about the first two and a half hours of the game of what I'm assuming is a relatively short game that's really replayable. So who's making this? How are they? How are they releasing it? Like, this is, is uh, this is super massive, which okay. is like it's it's European. It's like Swedish or. or something like that. Uh, but this is going to be a first-party Sony game. Uh, it's not episodic. It's going to be a $60 game that comes out in August. Um, but it's you know it was that horror game that was originally pitched as the sort of teen slasher move game a couple yeah. of years ago for PS3. Um, and it morphed, I think, last Gamescom, or maybe two Gamescoms ago, it transformed into a more serious version of that for the PS4. They took away a majority of the motion things. There are a couple things where you have to swipe the PS4 touchpad mm-hmm. and certain things when like 
you have to hold a flashlight still, and so you're not supposed to move the move controller, or you're not supposed to move the controller. And so I would just like set it on my bed. I'm like, yeah, oh, well, I, I got past that one. Uh, but a couple of things about the game is, uh, I mean, in the the opening is really weird and jarring, and it cuts to a bunch of different characters, and I didn't really know what was going on, but then I realized it was a prologue. It's sort of about what happens, and a, a couple of kids get murdered, uh, and then it flashes forward to a year later, and the kids go back there to like try to you know get over it, some Figured form out. of catharsis, because okay. um, they don't know that it was like a spooky that murdered them. Uh, the kids, the kids sort of just disappear. Um, this is the game that uh, Hayden Panettiere is the star of. Uh, uh, Peter Stromer, who was his name, Dan Wangus or whatever, in, in uh, the Big Lebowski, Max yeah, Kepler, yeah, yeah. 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 Henry Hangen or something. <laughs> The porn director. Right. Uh, he plays this weird character called the analyst who, in between scenes, you're like first person in his office and he's like a therapist. But, and he starts asking you questions about like what you're actually afraid of and he refers to you as the player. And so there's a lot weird. of weird like – kind of like um, uh, Silent Hill Shattered Memories. Yes, totally. Right, yeah, right, yeah. Right. Honestly, it's a lot like that. And they're like, what are you afraid of? And I was like – I don't know, like needles and spiders and, and just choosing random stuff. And I'm like, oh, later in the game, are there going to be like needle spiders everywhere? Mm-hmm. Needle spiders. Uh, yeah, just a bunch of needle spiders <laughs> infecting the camp. Could you say something like not that scary? That I mean, every time you say you're not scared, they almost like start right. It's like our face-offs. They're like, oh, so you're not you're you're scared of spiders and needles. Well, what about them against each other? I'm like, oh, I don't I don't like this. And then it was like ca- scarecrows and yeah. zombies. So somebody really wants to put needles or spiders in in there. your game. Yeah. Um, I don't see why not. But so the game plays out. It 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 feels like a uh, telltale adventure game. Um, a little more open than that, but uh, it throws you in a situation and it jumps around between these eight kids. Uh, like actively, like you don't control uh, how you jump around, but it's like, oh, you played this as Chris, and now you're playing as Ashley. Um, one of the things is, aside from Hayden Panettiere's character, I hate everyone in the game. Uh, They're wow. all That's really shitty tropes. Um, they all just feel like it's the uh, it's the like the jock, and it's yeah. the girl who sleeps with everyone, and it's the quiet girl, and it's the guy who's kind of smarmy, and we're not sure what he's doing. Um, so you think they went top heavy with two of the main characters? They got recognizable voice actors for yeah kind of step, and then uh god the, the uh well is it that is it the act that the acting is bad it's or writing the characters it's right it's the writing and that the character is like super gross and it's sort of like you're playing as a character and he likes this girl and the guy's like oh man you should sleep with her and then you have two options and both of them are kind of gross and i'm like well no that's like and now i just want this guy to, i'm like i'm fine with half of these kids getting killed right now wow. and just leaving me with the, the few kids i like which like, i get yeah. like which will happen right oh yeah the, uh, well, so yeah that's sort of the thing behind this game is that any character can die yeah any character can die there's moments where like uh without spoiling something like i was holding on to a like i was i was hanging on to something and another character was hanging on to my arm like dangling over a ledge or something and then a bad guy was coming towards me and I was like, and you had two options, and one was to you could just let go and both Needles of you fall, or, <laughs> or you could let go and this other character falls. Uh-huh. And so there was a moment where, like, well, I could just choose to have one character die, I assume, but then the other character might get captured by the bad guy and might be worse than death. Um, so oh, there's man. Like really interesting moments. There's, uh, from what I played of a build last year, there's like very saw like moments where a couple gets, they're both in this really messed up torture situation, so, and there's like a bullet, and the guy's like, you, uh, whoever the bad guy is, is like, the guy. I can either blow his brains out or you have to kill your girlfriend. Jeez. Yeah, so there's like really like weird messed up stuff like that. And I imagine there's a way to get out of it because they said it seems like there is a perfect ending where everyone survives. 
but you really have to make uh, you know gotta good, make the right, the right choices, gotta make yeah. the right yeah. Um, so do you think it's okay that you hate the characters considering uh, a bunch of them are gonna die? I'm sort of fine with that. Like, are they doing that on purpose? Do, yeah, I was gonna say is it intentional. I mean, because like, I, I, every I mean, like, have you guys ever seen the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Oh yeah, yeah. So it's one of my favorite yeah. horror movies. I think it's the most it, terrifying movie of all yeah. time. Every character in that movie is an idiot. Yep, and totally. Just, you you hate them. Like yep. every teenager in that movie is just like. Hey, let's go hang out in the woods. Let's go hang out in the haunted house. Or like, there's a kid in a wheelchair, and they don't take care of him. They don't, <laughs> like, you want everyone to die, and even the wheelchair kid's annoying. Like, yeah. You're like, just <laughs> yeah. get cut up. Yeah. There's that, and you hear the chainsaw noise, and you're like, finally, yeah, yeah. finally, take these people away. Yeah. These pieces of trash. Yeah. So maybe it's like that. Where it's a little bit like that, and you like you do gravitate towards because the Hayden Panettiere character is like the one character who like stands up for the people when they're being made fun of. Like, try to she at least in my game, she's trying to like calm down situations. Right. Like, she's not whoring herself out immediately like it's really uh i don't know it's it's that it, that dynamic's interesting and if they are going for like a 70s 80s you know slasher drama then you know totally they're sort of nailing yeah, it like it, that yeah. uh the game's really pretty uh there was some sort of like hitching problems and weird cuts which you know might be just because of the preview build yeah. so take that with a grain of salt uh but the game's gorgeous the environments are gorgeous uh the facial animations are incredible that's cool um it had a ton of uh really effective jump scares but it didn't really do a fantastic job so far of building like an actual scary tone right. or mood. It was just like, I oh I had to go into a, a a closet and grab a thing, and then a badger jumped out, <laughs> and I was like, oh god, and like it made me jump, and I'm like, well, it's just a badger. I'm not. But those yeah. those choice situations, like you're describing the cliff the cliff choice. Yeah, like, yeah. Those are appropriately tense, though. Like they, those are. Yeah. There's. I get to certain things, and I'm like, geez, I don't know. Like, is this what I want to do? Is there like, a time limit on those decisions? Uh, certain decisions. There's absolutely yeah. a time limit, and uh, it does. It sort of does the thing where you know this is a major thing because, uh, like, how a Telltale game handles it. Where afterwards, it, it talks a lot about like the butterfly effect. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and afterwards, these like little butterfly icons appear See, in the corner. I really, like, I really yeah. enjoy that. Um, that's something uh, people are kind of mixed on Heavy Rain, but that was one of my favorite things about mm -hmm. it. Was yeah. That when a bunch of people I knew were playing at the same time. And I could come into work and be like, so did this blah, blah, is what's blah, happening what happened to your story? character? Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, so that's what I'm, I'm even excited for, like that moment I was talking about where the two characters are hanging on the ledge. Like, I chose to have both of us fall. Yeah. And I'm excited to see, like, Destin's playing it right now. And I'm like, I'm excited to, to hear if he didn't, if he held on, right. like, what, what happened there. Um, and it seems like you can get, like, really different with uh, how, the, how the decisions are made. So, right. you know, that's I'm cool. excited. Like, as someone who likes horror games, uh, this definitely seems like one of those, it'll probably be. Ish the length of the order I'm imagining because I played about two and a half hours and judging by the collectibles I was like almost a third the way through it but it is you know if you like it you know replayable seems like it'd be yeah. fun in a party that's what so. I was gonna ask is like how do you feel like the replayability is because I really liked horror um, horror rain heavy rain yeah um, horror rain <laughs> <laughs> I never replayed it like I never had the desire I didn't to go want back. to yep. I never had the desire to go back and play it a second time uh, it's like I've already experienced the story in this way and that's canon to me Greg, so. Greg Miller a former podcast beyond host actually Who? wrote the uh, <laughs> yeah he wrote the the guide I think he did a video for IGN which was every every ending or like mm -hmm. something that you wow. it's something you get from getting like he platinum the game mm -hmm. which uh -huh. you can only do by getting every single ending that's crazy. crazy replaying it like seven or eight different times and I don't have that in me like to me it was sort of like the same way I felt playing The Last of Us. When it came out in HD, yeah. I was like, I don't want to play this again. Yeah. And I played the first few hours, and I was like, no, I really don't want to play this again. This is gorgeous. It's awesome. Yeah. One of the best games of all time. I have an experience with it that I don't want to – that is just a once a once through, which is okay. You know, I'm I, see, I didn't feel that way about The Last of Us. Like, I, I could play The Last of Us every year and be totally fine with yeah. it. And I also feel like The Last of Us is one of those games that, that is – 
sort of the shining example of video games is art. Like, yeah. I feel yeah. like that's the kind of game that I would sit down and play with my girlfriend and be like, look at how look at how good this can be. Yeah, like, yeah, look how amazing the story is. Yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, I, I totally feel you with, with Heavy Rain. And, and it kind of seems like this game, yeah. too, maybe. Like, you could play through that six hours once and really feel like, okay, I've, I've seen my version of this story, and I think maybe the replayability actually comes in the conversations like you're talking yeah. about with mm-hmm. Destin and seeing how their story played out rather than yeah. experiencing it again yourself. So how long is this game going to take to finish? Um, I'm, I mean, I don't know for sure, but I'm imagining seven, eight hours. Okay. Um, just if, if, you know, the amount of collectibles I had after two, two and a half hours is reflective of, you know, actual chunks of the game. Right. What do you collect? Knives? Uh, you collect, Kids? no, there's these, uh, there's sort of like, there's four or five like actual mysteries in the game and uh-huh. uh, you are collecting things that's sort of piecing together. Like, what happened at this place 50 years ago? Uh, what happened to the two girls from the prologue? that disappeared uh who is this dude who's trying to is it cut you is it a spoiler to talk about who the murderer is like is it i don't know who the murderer is because by the time my uh do you know if it's supernatural uh as of now i don't think so as of now it's or it might be something of this like we're talking about stuff that happened 50 years ago but then there was this dude who was like an arsonist who was threatening the family a couple years ago and you see fire at certain points and so yeah i don't think it's supernatural yet although the i guess this isn't too much of a spoiler the stuff the scenes with uh, the analyst the dude who's who's uh your therapist or whatever start the room starts getting messed up and decrepit like almost huh. like uh silent hill silent the room hill, yeah uh to where like I, we cut back one time and like windows were boarded up and there was like this thing rotting in the corner and i'm like well what the hell's happening here and i'm assuming I, I he's mean, talking to you as a survivor of the thing so uh, your character isn't speaking in those scenes, so I imagine it, right. who it is is going to reflect who survives in your game. I feel like yeah. I got a distinct supernatural tone from, especially from the stuff that I saw at uh, PlayStation Experience. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. Like I felt like that would like there's a definite supernatural mm-hmm. vibe there. I would I be I would honestly be kind of surprised if it was. Oh no no yeah totally history, um, but, just as of that beginning. And yeah. the other the last weird thing is. Uh, the I mean I, it's hard to just uh, get away from it because I know Hayden Pentier is probably our age, late twenties, early thirties, and then uh, Rami Malik, who might recognize. I think he was on uh, the Pacific. Mm-hmm. You, you would recognize him. He's also probably in his early thirties. Uh, but these characters, I think, are supposed to be teenagers. Sure. Oh, okay. um, they're very much. They talk in sort of. They talk about sex and relationships in the way that a teenager would. Like they talk about bases <laughs> yeah. and like can we make do some of the sex? Yeah. And I'm yeah. just like, let's you and me. You're go all do sex. like thirty. And you're talking about like, like making out, and like there's these really dumb like. I'm, I get it if you're so. You get pregnant teenagers. from stomach kisses. <laughs> Wait, a lot of people want to know. To be fair, we're like 30. We're, we talk about making out too. So. Does anybody That's have true. a condang? Say, I'm talking about smooch yeah. all the time. Yeah, condangs and condangs. Do you have any condangs? I can I can borrow. Got six not, condangs. Not, you got to put them all in your hands, and then you can you clap, and a baby doesn't happen. <laughs> what? How do you sex? That's <laughs> that's parenting advice with Brian Altano. <laughs> Um, so yeah, we're gonna have a lot more on that uh, leading up to its launch uh, next month. Optimistic, very cool. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm excited to check that out. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so yeah, the other uh, another big game coming out this week on uh, PS4 is the God of War Three Remastered. Is it? I think that which re- I think yeah, review... reviews up. Megan Sullivan loved it. Yeah, uh, she gave it an eight point eight. I want to say uh, I think it's for fans of the genre. <sighs> yeah, yeah. I think it's definitely a fans of the genre thing. We've talked about on the show before uh, the uh, merits of a remaster. The merits of a remaster, and plus, just like we're not the biggest. God of War fans, True. but right I know I'm, I respect it, and totally. I know who it's for. I know it's an incredibly well crafted series. Oh yeah, it's absolutely I'm just gorgeous. Not personally, super into. I, yeah. I, I, like I just can't. Of all the remakes and remasters that have come out thus far, this one is the biggest question mark to me. Yeah. Why? Because it, it just seems like exactly that. Just why? Like yeah. I feel like God of I mean, War for, Three was so recent 
anyway. Like, what did it, when did it come out? 2010? Nine or, or 10, I think. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, and it's like, you could say the same for Uncharted. Yeah, there yeah, was a Last of Us so. remastered. And yeah. That was, yeah. yeah, but also I feel like... I mean, Microsoft's remastering one Gears of War game. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think that in... To me, that's a bigger question mark than seeing a collection of stuff. Yeah. Uh, where, where This is not personally for me, but yeah. I can totally see why people would want it. It's mm-hmm. also like your PS4 doesn't play any of those games. I just feel mm-hmm. like yeah. also like if you were to remaster any of the God of War games for PlayStation 4, it would be the second one because that's, I feel like, the, the most critically acclaimed. And yeah. The, the one that's like – that's the one that's – because having played – all three and Ascension. Yeah. Like, I, I'm not a huge God of War fan, but I played those because they were big PlayStation exclusives. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, out of the out of those ones, like Play, or PlayStation Two, God of War Two was the one that really stood out to me. It's like yeah. this is is an awesome game. It's yeah. fun to and play. And it was it was one like, of those late, late super late super, PS2 games really that looked amazing. absolutely yeah. incredible. Um, yeah, I mean it's you know. Again, we I think we've talked about not for us, but like if you dug these games, like this, it seems like this is a really competent, great remaster, and probably setting you up for what is eventually going, going to be announced as God of War Four or yeah. whatever yeah, the next I'm God actually, of War is. I'm really surprised there's no kind of more formal news announcement to kind of couple with this. Yeah, I was expecting it at E3, honestly. Me too. Yeah, yeah, maybe we'll get it at uh, you Gamescom. know Sony. Yeah, well, no, Sony has a big presence at like Paris Games Week instead of Gamescom this yeah. year. Um, so either that or maybe PSX yeah. uh, in the winter. Yeah. That seems yeah, it seems like maybe that would be a, a really good game to anchor PSX with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah totally. Of, yeah, with last year. I mean, last year had Uncharted, and they're probably not going to yeah. double down yeah. on that. If you haven't yeah. played any of these games, definitely check out God of War 2. I'm, I'm with Zach in that it's, it's probably my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so the boss fights in that game are amazing. Yeah. yeah. Like, challenging and super fun. I, I yeah. really enjoyed God Do we know what they're charging for this? Uh, I'm not 100% uh, sure. I don't know. Okay. Probably not full price. I mean, yeah. 20 30 Okay, cool. Yeah. So yeah, uh, check that out. Yeah. Uh, moving on from that, the three of us were down in San Diego this week at San Diego Comic-Con. Um, Chamachans. The old Chamachans. Chama- the old Sandago uh, Chamachan. <laughs> which uh, obviously is like, uh, you know, it's a huge uh, movie and TV and comic and sweating show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> sweating. Hall H flooded with all the sweats. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, a lot of meat sweats. Um, that is a show I work every convention and that's the one I get farted on at the most. <laughs> No, really. I love Comic Con, but that is definitely that but is I definitely. I hate farts. My, I don't know if I ever told the story on Beyond, but I went to um, Comic Con last year with Marty, and we went to Preview Night. And Preview Night is the big night before the yeah. show opens up, where a smaller group of people, quote unquote, which is still like <laughs> fifteen thousand people, more than enough room to, to even walk, it's... can get in and check out the floor, can buy toys, and we always go there because that's the best time to kind of get hands on with <laughs> yeah, the shows. yeah. Um, and we were playing. What was it? It was that like kind of Dark Souls ripoff game. Oh yeah, it was. Uh, uh, oh god, it was a Namco. Yeah, game. Namco Bandai also published it. Yeah, uh, I'll think of the name. Keep yeah, yeah. yeah. So we're playing it. Um, there's a speaker right in our face that's just blaring like crawling in my skin or something. Like in and this is last year. Yeah, it was yeah. last okay. year. And uh, I'm holding a microphone to Marty while he's playing it. There's a cameraman over my shoulder, and a guy walked by crop dusted us which for people don't know that's like when a plane flies over and leaves fertilizer on a field except, except you he do did that it with his butt yeah. <laughs> uh, and then so that's gross as all that's happening a fly flies <laughs> into the shot I, you might be able to find this video and lands on Marty's mouth and he's just like yeah so the guy's really gonna oh, 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 oh. 
It was the, so disgusting. It's the perfect storm. So of Lords of the Fallen. That was the name of the Lord game. Of the Lords of the yeah, I don't. I mean, you I never. It. I love it. what I get to do for a living. I never complain about my work conditions or anything like that. That was the closest where I've ever been to being like, "Hey, this is unacceptable." <laughs> that happened to us at uh, Gamescom, or not Gamescom, but at GDC too. You yeah. and I and Max were down on the floor, and somebody cropped us and us, and well, all three of us. Just, are real. That was a real big. All, fart. Yeah, all three of us at the same time. We're just like, <laughs> whoa, what? I feel like this is like a thinner situation yeah. where like you did something bad to someone and like. <laughs> An old, an old gypsy set of crop yeah. dusting curse on you. Exactly. Or the farts are coming from inside the IGS. <laughs> Nobody knows. Um, but Comic-Con is a weird show because it's not like, you're not like, oh, the Nintendo booth or the Sony booth. Like, Nintendo kind of has a, has a corner, and then they also have their sort of off-site thing. Mm -hmm. Microsoft has the same thing where they have a couple games on the floor and then an off-site thing. But Sony didn't really have an area dedicated to just their stuff, right? It's, I mean, it's not game-centric. Yeah, no, yeah. Sony especially. Microsoft had an area and Nintendo had an area, but Sony uh, had, the, uh, like, an offsite. They were partnering with a thing called Nerd HQ. Yeah, um, yeah. And uh, the cool thing there, uh, well, two cool things. Uh, they had Battlefront set up. Yeah. Uh, I was running on PC, actually. Uh, Which but, is weird, right? Because they've been so... Yeah. Front they, I mean, Sony they showed it being... to us on a PlayStation 4 at... Uh, at E3? Yeah, and, yeah. And no, Star Wars Celebration. Yeah, that was yeah. the big thing they were harping on. I think it was just maybe because like someone, maybe like AMD was a sponsor of the thing, so maybe they were just showing off oh, whatever yeah, graphics okay. card. Uh, and that looked awesome. I mean, we've talked about that on the show, uh, yeah. Ad Nauseam. Uh, that game still looks incredible. We actually did a conversation at uh, Comic-Con that you could probably go look up. I think it's labeled Beyond. Um, yeah, three, me, you, and Max. Marty told Max and I about what it's like to kind of run around that game and not really help anyone, just like check stuff out. Yeah, awesome. I was like Be the worst teammate. Yeah. I just wasn't firing at anything, yeah. and I was like, oh, what's in that cave? Oh, what's, what's going yeah. on over there? Yeah. Yeah. And people are yelling at me like, at well. yeah, yeah. like our base. I'm like, I don't, I don't care about our base. I don't yeah. know who any of you are. Yeah, I mean, that, it kind of sucks because it's like, it's the best looking version of Hoth ever, and yeah. I wish I could just play a version of it where I'm just like, hey, can everyone leave? And I just kind of explore. <laughs> can, can I just go, yeah, check out a little poke around and caverns and yeah, crevasses. Totally. Oh, a lot of crevasses. You're a big fan of crevasses. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> crevasses. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, but the Butchering. really cool thing was, <laughs> I got to. Uh, Jesus Christ. Uh, I got to play the Morpheus demos yeah. from E3. Uh, Max talked about them a lot a couple episodes ago. Um, but to me, it was a really cool example of showcasing sort of the breadth of content that, that VR can have. Mm -hmm. uh, there was the, the horror demo called The Kitchen, where mm -hmm. you're sort of strapped down into a chair, and you have, you're holding a controller in your hands because your character is supposed to have their, their wrist tied up. You're wow. in a chair. You're so in this kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It totally makes sense. And you're in yeah. this like filthy kitchen, and you're looking around, and there's a like cop who's bleeding out on the floor. He gets up, and he's like trying to. I got freaked out because like you had to hold your 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 hands up, and the cop is like trying to cut in between them. And I'm like, I don't like. I know this knife doesn't exist in real life, wow. but I don't like people touching my wrists. Yeah, get that knife out of my wrists. Yeah. Uh, but then a spooky old hag lady came and murdered him, and was like shoving a knife in my face and got blood on me, and I died. Yikes. And she was like behind me, and I was scared to turn around. Yeah, because I didn't want to look at her. Lucy really loved this game at E3. Yeah, She's it was the super one that cool. Sold me on it. Yeah. yeah, it was a super cool horror experience. Uh, then there was the uh, London Heist, which again Max talked about, which was this cool like Guy Ritchie movie. But the the, yeah. the thing that really sold it was you you there are certain scenes where you're sitting down like you're in a car and you have two move wands and then you're grabbing like guns and clips yeah. and clipping them together. Like everything felt supernatural, not supernatural like spooky, mm -hmm. but super like very natural, natural. like very natural. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but you could just sort of mess with everything. You could like open the car door and lean outside, yeah. and the guy next to you was like, "Close that! What are you doing?" Yeah, my British accent. Nice. Uh, really that was cool. Uh, there was a multiplayer demo where you were a monster and you're chasing around these little playroom yeah, robos. That, I saw yeah, that one. yeah, and that one's cool because I didn't play that one at E3, but I saw that one. I thought so it was cool. what it did for me is showcased uh, that VR doesn't have to be a lonely, solitary thing because the 
uh, little dudes are being controlled by just other people who are playing on the TV. Yeah. So it's almost like the Wii U gamepad, gamepad, but except you know you you have the the headset on and you're right. controlling the monster and they're the little guys trying to knock you down. Do you remember? Um, do you remember Pac-Man Verse? Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's a lot so, like. that. yeah, Pac-Man Versus was this game on the GameCube where one person had to use the. Game Boy Advance, mm-hmm. and they were Pac-Man, and everybody else was the ghost. Mm-hmm. But the ghost couldn't see where Pac-Man was, but he could see where everything was. So I think that's the premise. It's something like that. I could have it backwards. Um, so there's some, there's a lot of I never really thought about that because there's a lot of kind of like interesting angles to do mm-hmm. do with that of sort of like one person is the monster in Evolve and they yeah. have supervision and then they're sure. wearing the helmet. Totally. And everybody else is kind of walking around with flashlights. Yeah, yeah. Like there's a lot of cool potential there, yeah. which I think I think kind of sways away from. The public perception, I think even our perception on the show a lot about how Morpheus and Oculus games are kind of like too inclusive. And they sort of maybe make people burrow into their own minds yeah, a little bit. Yeah, it's like how much. it's scary about like the wallification of the yeah. future where yeah, we don't yeah. want that to happen. But the idea of it turning it into a party game device, like, and I mean that in, in the loosest of terms, not just like. I say party games and always like, people are just like oh crappy little mini games. Yeah, yeah. Um, but in terms of something you can play like out social of the party, games. Yeah, yeah sure. there's something. There's a lot of really cool yeah. potential there. Completely you know? agree. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was the cool. You could even do like a game show where somebody's Alex Trebek and everybody else is on <laughs> Jeopardy. Yeah. He's yeah. got all the answers and you don't. You yeah. Know? Like that'd be really cool. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. I mean, those are the coolest Sony things to me from the show. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I have to leave in a few minutes, so if we want to start... Do you want to just you want to jump to the quickies and then do Vagrant Story? Yeah, we'll, let's we'll do that. We'll take this email Dude, next spoilers. week. spoilers. So, <laughs> so, a couple weeks ago, we tried a segment called Rapid Fire, where I ask our Podcast Beyond Facebook group, that's facebook.com slash podcastbeyond, I think. I don't know how Facebook works. <laughs> uh, go over there and check it out. If you look it up, there's probably a lot of groups like it, but there's only one that has the most people and the best people in it, and that's with that group. Uh, and ask them for quick questions. And I'm going to ask you guys, so just I will throw it out. You give me a quick answer, and we'll move on to the next one. Rapid fire. Stephen asks, asks, Stephen Oz asks, <laughs> if you could couch co-op with anyone, living or dead, <laughs> holy hell, who would it be? Kanye West. Yeah, Kanye West is a really good one. Uh, he stole my Kanye West. No. Dead Kanye West? Tupac? You get, you get ghosts. You can pick a ghost. You don't have to just pick 100 people alive. It would also be interesting because right to choose like someone who video games never existed in their life. Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah, yeah. Like, what would like, what would. Uh, John Lennon. John Lennon, yeah. Actually, it'd probably be yeah. really shitty to play. Uh, I'd play, I'd play Flower. I played Flower with John Lennon. You'd yeah. like that. Yeah, actually, no, it would be cool to play with somebody who didn't have, who had never experienced it because then you'd have to explain to them everything. Or, yeah. or like somebody who was into video games, like, like a famous person who was into video games 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Dropped out and now you know go back and play it with them. I don't know who an example oh, of that would yeah, be, actually, but like, that would be kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah. or somebody who like like Kanye who, West. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about you? Um, I don't have an answer for that. Okay, you're just the host. You're the host. Sergio A. Cabrera says rainbow cookies or chocolate chip. Chocolate, oh, chip. Rainbow, chip. What are rainbow cookies? chocolate chip. I think rainbow is just rainbow chip, right? Oh, is rainbow chip. Oh, like with the M and M's. With the M and M's in it. Yeah. Okay. I thought he meant like, you ever have those like spongy ones that are like yeah, like a sugar cookie with like a. No, that's not what that I'm talking about. <laughs> you guys, you were so confident. You're like, yeah, Brian and I are finally going to connect, connect on this one. Chocolate chip, for we're sure. finally going to connect on a rainbow cookies? Goddamn. Harry, Harry Lozitis, which is Harry my, lasagna. My, my favorite. <laughs> Harry lasagna. Man, that sounds really bad. Sorry, Harry. Harry Lozitis is like my favorite 80s beat cop name yeah. right here. He asks, uh, what would you consider the best breakfast food? A lot of hungry boys in that podcast. <laughs> <laughs> basically. 
Uh, I'm, a cl- I'm a classic man. I like my just eggs, eggs and toast and bacon. And I love, I love a good balanced breakfast like that. I, I really miss, I miss the the kind of shit I could eat growing up, which was just like a big sugary, big bolus, sugar bowl of cereal, like Count Chocula and stuff yeah. like that, like Lucky Charms. I can't do that anymore. Now you know I'll have like like Trader Joe's oats with yeah. almond milk, and you're like, oh. I gotta side with Marty on this. I gotta go like eggs and toast and like bacon or sausage. You like bacon. savory? Classic. Yeah. Yeah. Like, just a classic like, farm breakfast. I, yeah. I, like I love a real good breakfast burrito that doesn't have too much potatoes in it. Mm-hmm. That's solid. Yeah. Uh, Andrew Goldfarb, he likes brand. He's a brand boy. Really? Yeah. I don't know. Probably. He's not here. Let's he make has, fun of him. He probably has a real, a real regular poop. <laughs> <laughs> He's Howard, not here. Let's make fun of Howard him. Howard Xander Shelfer asks. Y'all can, got weird names. Dude, just gonna throw can y'all help me find a gym buddy in the Tallahassee area? Uh, People in the Tallahassee area, you know where you are. Look at a map if you're lost. Yeah. Uh, if you go to the gym a lot, which probably narrows down a lot of you to very few, because <laughs> yeah. I know no one here does. Yeah, I was going to no. say, why would he ask this group? I don't know. <laughs> gym advice. Uh, I can give you Pokemon gym advice. Um, find, look up Howard Xander Shelfer. Uh, find out if he's not like the type of meathead dude that will drop a, a whole weight on you. Um, you that's, want a good spot. That's actually buddy. a murderer. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. not a meathead dude. That is a straight up murderer. I don't really know what a gym buddy is for. Maybe you guys, you pick out cool songs from the Top Gun soundtrack to listen to, or you just figure out what kind of meals to have afterwards. Uh, maybe you put on each other's shoes, or you do a nice flex in the mirror town. <laughs> you go out there, you have a good time, you hit a powered Xander Shelfer, and you go into the, down to the real gym, you lose some libs. Those are pounds, but shortened. Finally, Brody. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say lose some limbs. And I'm like, Brody Williams good. asks, what are you guys going to name the first few planets and animals you find playing No Man's Sky. I love this question. That's really yeah. good, actually. Uh, you've been throwing a word around a lot recently. <laughs> like Jack Schwantz. 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 Yeah, Schwantz is a is is a. It's a type of deck. Yeah, yeah. Schwartz is a very definite type of deck. I don't know. Like when I when I play games, like especially a game like No Man's Sky, I'm assuming like I tend to get like very literal and I take them very like really seriously. Yeah. So like I feel like if I'm gonna name planets, like I'll choose some kind of theme and like name planets after a certain like I don't know, not not like philosophers, but something along those lines. Like what if you had like a gym theme planet called Brotopia? <laughs> I yeah sure. I feel like there's probably a couple people in this office that have visited that planet or are potentially from there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah I and would you name could have a, bron- a brontosaurus. Bron brontosaurus. The same word. I would yeah. name yeah. <laughs> brontosaurus. She's, she's got a really muscular neck. You know what I mean. I would. Uh, I'm gonna name them all after uh, reassuring facts about my life. Like I'm gonna get to a planet and say uh, 72 hours since Marty cried. And then, oh, that's a good one. And then if I ever have the ability to rename it, I'm going to be like, sorry. <laughs> but then when you visit it, the time's going to be off because you'll probably will have cried since then. I will have definitely cried. Because you're sad enough to name planets that. <laughs> uh, I'm going to name everything in the game horse. Planet horse. Horses will be called horses. Non-horses will be called horses. And I myself will be a horse traveler. <laughs> that's Rapid Fire with Brian, Zatch, and Marty. <laughs> Whoa. All right. Uh, I feel like I just got like just dropped out of a whirlwind. (laughs) (laughs) You went into this guy's head for a second. I needed a gym buddy in my mind, and you were my there. I was Sander Shelfer. You You were you were my James buddy, Uh, Zach. Let's close us off with the essential fifty. We're bringing it back. A lot of people were worried that we weren't doing it anymore, but they are false. We just forget things sometimes. My (laughs) essential fifty is a game that I feel like kind of like critically acclaimed, but kind of flew under the radar and and kind of got looked over for games like. Final Fantasy IX, right. Chrono Cross, like a lot of these bigger mm-hmm. Square games, and that's uh, Vagrant Story, yeah, Vagrant which is a super late gen PlayStation One mm-hmm. action RPG. Um, 
directed by uh, Yasumi Matsuno. I had to make sure I got that name you right. You got it. You'd crush who it. Who is the guy who directed Final Fantasy Tactics mm-hmm. and Final Fantasy XII. Most of twelve. Which Most of Final Fantasy XII, yeah. which is my favorite Final Fantasy game. Agreed. Um, and Vagrant Story is sort of the genesis of the idea of the um, Ivalice Alliance. Like, mm-hmm. Tactics was set there, but... But Vagrant Story was the game that kind of made it its own world outside yep. of the Final Fantasy, or right. within the Final Fantasy yeah. series. Super cool um, action RPG where you can pause the world around you to to fight. Yeah, it's kind of like Parasite Eve. Yeah, it reminded me of Parasite Eve, and then later on, even like the Fallout games or like yeah. Mass Effect, where yeah, it was where you, it, can, it w- you can target limbs to do like separate kind of damage. Like the battle system is really deep. Mm-hmm. The customization in the game is really deep. Like you can craft your own weapons and armor. And <laughs> sorry, I was like, thinking about targeting the DAC. <laughs> <laughs> how, how how robust is this DAC targeting system? <laughs> that's <laughs> this game doesn't have that. It has that's pro pro tip. Uh, Every enemy in the game, the DAC is the weak. The DAC advanced yeah. targeting system. Um, but <laughs> damn it, it's really cool in the way that like the, the battle mechanics work and the crafting system works. Mm-hmm. There's no real uh, NPCs outside of the story. Like you yep. don't go into towns and interact with people. You don't go to stores and buy things like you do in a typical wow. RPG. Yeah, um, it's super heavily influenced by um, Shakespeare yep. and uh, old timey France, which I mm-hmm. thought was really cool. There's a lot of like nods to French architecture and stuff, which is pretty impressive to pull off yeah. a PlayStation 1 the game. The game was super pretty. It was like, it was all polygonal, but like hand-drawn polygonal. Yeah, it kind of like, looked like, the cutscenes kind of looked like comic books. Yeah, like, yeah. Really cool. I had this like, yeah, yeah, brush stroke, like yeah. painterly, not like, uh, not quite like Okami, but mm-hmm. uh, really just distinct art style. And yeah, it was one of those really late PS1 games yeah. that was like, no, I didn't realize the system could have things that look this good. To this day, it's one of my uh, favorite stories ever told mm-hmm. in a video game. Really it's good. a really great story about I mean, it's it's kind of a classic tale. Like, you go to investigate this link between this occult leader and um, a senator, essentially, mm-hmm. a, a duke. Yeah. And the duke gets a murdered. A duke. <laughs> yeah. And the duke gets murdered, and it opens up this whole, like, sort of mysticism behind this cult. And the characters are all really interesting and really well-developed. And I, I just think mm-hmm. it's such an awesome story. I think at the time, EGM called it Medieval Gear Solid. Which I think that's was real like good. A really cool description of it. Nice work. Dan Stapleton well, would be real happy with yeah. that one. It also, like, I didn't realize this until today when I went back to do some reading about it. But um, the story of Vagrant Story is actually has its own subtitle, and the story is called The Phantom Pain, which is really crazy. That's wow. Yeah. Um, Full circle. Yeah, and that's also an ability. Phantom Pain is an ability you can get in the game. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's what happens if you target you, the deck. You hit somebody in the deck. <laughs> yeah, but no, it's a it's a killer game, yep. and I feel like it it sort of flew underneath a lot of people's radar. And it's on it's on Vita. You can get it on Vita. You can get yeah, it on you get the old PS One classic. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that game's that game's awesome. Doesn't look super hot yeah. these days. Um, a lot of PS One games visually don't hold up yeah, super well. But I I still go back and play it every couple of years. I'll play through it, and, mm-hmm. and the sort of combat, like the rhythm based combat and the the story, they hold up super well. So yeah. if you missed it, I would highly recommend going. Completely back agree. And play that was it. a that was a good choice. Yeah, got us some nice little deck run too. Yeah, the deck attack with Zach. Perfect. Um, perfect. <laughs> uh, it. Uh, so that's our show, episode four hundred two. Yeah. Uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, we're sorry not, that Max we're and Goldfarb weren't here. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're not going to any conventions for a couple weeks. No, I don't think there's any. Well, Gamescom is in three weeks. Is in a couple weeks, and Max and Max and Andrew will be gone. You yep. might be gone. I'm, who knows? Potentially. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have you know a string of somewhat regular normal shows for you uh, coming up. If you want to follow us on Twitter, I am at McBiggity. Brian, you are at Agent Bizzle. That's correct. Andrew is at Garfep. 
Zacharias D? Correct. I yeah. did it. I did it. Yeah. Um, D is for Dak. D, <laughs> that's, D what the is big, for Dak. that's what the big D is for. Uh, Thank you for Dak subscribing Ryan. to be on. Uh, subscribe to IGN Prime, yeah. which is, uh, I know you might think we're trying to nickel and dime you, but we're not. It's honestly a service that helps uh, keep the lights on on podcasts because we spend a couple hours of our week doing these, and we yeah. could be out there yep. making vids and checking bids. What? Checking those Ebays. <laughs> Checking those Ebays. Uh, yeah. The coolest thing about it is if you subscribe, uh, you get a free game every month, but you also don't have to watch ads, uh, yeah. which is kind of the That's best if you watch a lot of videos um, on IGN. Uh, let's go real quick. Is there anything proud that we've done lately that we, we've been working on? This is a thing I like. Ryan McCaffrey does this on Unlocked. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, the uh, I, do a, I do a podcast on the side with uh, Max called The Comedy Button. Mm-hmm. Um, Bunch of people have been on it. Zach, we'll have you on it soon. Marty's been on it. Awesome. Jack Miller's been on it. Andrew's yeah, been on it. Do that. Okay. Andrew's been on it. Colin's been on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we just put up our best of episodes. So if you've never heard the show before, it is super funny. Mm-hmm. Thank you very yeah. much. Yeah. It's very dumb. If you like when, when this show gets stupid, uh, you'll love that show. It's not very topical newsy, but it's just kind of a bunch of friends hanging out. So if you need another thing to fill the sounds in your ear to block out the void of darkness, <laughs> whoa, or just tell your boss to shut up for an hour, <laughs> uh, go find it. You, it's called the comedy button. You idiots screaming about monster trucks made me laugh harder than most things. Thank you very much. Yeah. Monster really, trucks really are one of the great gifts on this earth mm-hmm. that were put there to, I think, wreck the rest of the earth. <laughs> <laughs> to crush smaller people <laughs> of the earth. Uh, I did not create this thing. I like this whole, I wanna, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pimp something I didn't make. Yeah. Uh, the movie It Follows just came out on Blu-ray. Great film. Yeah, amazing yeah, film. Uh, it's a really it's good. a spooky horror movie. Uh, it, it feels a lot like a 70s, 80s horror movie, but it's very modern. Uh, the soundtrack is by Disaster Piece, who did the soundtrack Is for it Fez. It's supposed to take place. Yeah, a girl. I, so I wouldn't have thought that, except a girl pulls up her iPhone at one point. But it's not an iPhone. It's like a star. Uh, oh yeah, but it's like it is a smartphone. Isn't that weird? It's almost like a weird like side feature. No spoilers. Yeah. But yeah, it's uh, if, if <laughs> wow, what? Zach shaking his head. If if you grew up on like slasher flicks, like I did, not grow up. I mean, my parents weren't like, here, we're gonna leave you with about seven or eight slasher flicks. We're leaving <laughs> for a couple of let's months. Let's see what happens here. <laughs> uh, it's it's really uh, really awesome throwback to those things, and mm-hmm. I think it totally stands on its own. Too. Yeah, super duper smart whore. Uh, I would like to give a shout out to our San Diego Comic Con live stream. Um, yeah, seriously. So this is my first year at Comic Con and my second like big time live stream that I've done with IGN. And while I was at E3, I was doing a lot of editorial video stuff on the floor, so mm-hmm. I didn't get to, to watch much of our mm-hmm. live stream. But um, being in the balcony and coordinating with the live team and seeing it, like watching it go up online live, I was super impressed with the amount of content, the caliber of guests that we pulled yeah. in. Like yeah. it really to me, like I, I think it was like halfway through this, the second day I was texting people in my family and my friends and being like, Hey, um, you should tune into this because it's like super pro and I'm really proud to be working on yeah. it. So yeah, I, I, that's, I, I sent, I sent the video <laughs> that uh, we did a video interview with a uh, kiss with Gene Simmons yeah. where <laughs> so we talked crazy. about Scooby-Doo and I sent it to my wife's parents cause my, my, father-in-law is like a old school rock fan yeah and I, he was just like this is what you do yeah and i was like yeah I, i'm floored at the production quality mm-hmm. this is like working on a real tv yeah. show yeah. so um yeah awesome we did we did interviews with uh todd mcfarlane where he brought on action figures mm-hmm. uh that weren't even released yet game of thrones and walking dead we did an interview with mike tyson we mm-hmm. had um you had dan herman and justin roiland on with the most insane interview i've ever community seen community and rick and morty yeah. just like you know and it was it's it, we're not just saying like Celebrities to because sure. we I, I feel like we made a re, like brand new things with these people we mm-hmm. did totally. really cool stuff yeah um, yeah that's a, that's a great choice so I think we have we have everything archived also if you go through our videos on YouTube you can kind of see everything that was tagged with mm-hmm. uh, San Diego mm-hmm. Comic Con so man 
Yeah, and, and we're busy. Yeah, Max yeah. and Brad, you and uh, Max did a lot of stuff together, so we a lot of it, it has that beyond sort of That's right. weirdness and mm-hmm. feel to it. That's right. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Super cool. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. That was episode 402. We'll be back next week with 403, and until then, beyond. 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 I am starving. What do I need? Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.